In March this year, ICASA concluded a very successful spectrum auction. It collected 14.4, just over 14.4 billion rands worth of proceeds as a result. That is a phenomenal and staggering opportunity for this country. And we at Tech Central are honored to have Rian Graham here today. Rian, thanks very much for joining us the whole way from Ruckus. Thank you for your input into what we're going to discuss today. And really importantly, why the spectrum is so important to South Africa. Thanks, James. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's very important. If we think about the way the cellular industry has changed the world in the past, you know, 20 years, 20 odd years, mm-hmm. none of us believed in the early days, you know, that it would become such a critical part of our lives today, right? All of us have at least one cell phone. I think the average in South Africa from a SIM card perspective is something like 2.2 SIM cards per year, yeah. which is insane, right? So with that technology, it brings opportunity, right? And in South Africa, we've had a long and kind of cobbled past, if I can put it this way, with spectrum allocations. I think the word you think of is debacle. Debacle, 100%. I mean, (laughs) it's been a long time coming. It's been over 10 years. You know, ICAS has been dragging their feet on the 4G spectrum allocation. At least now, happily to say that 5G has finally arrived and the spectrum auction has taken place. The benefits are very simple. You know, there's a number of studies that's been done globally with regards to access to data and what that does to a country's economy. Now, the studies all kind of agree that on average, we're looking at for any 10% penetration of data services in the larger population base, you effectively can expect plus minus 1% GDP growth. That is a staggering amount. And in a country like South Africa and in sub-Saharan Africa, you know, I think every single country, we are desperate for GDP growth, right? So I think the fact that the auction's taken place and, you know, very good proceeds from that is, you know, kudos to ICASA. At long last, we've got this. And what this now will mean is that the large operators that's got fair chunks of the spectrum will actually be able to build out large-scale proper 5G connected networks. Now, obviously, we need to be aware that it takes time to build these infrastructures out. And with 5G specifically, because of the wavelength and the frequency it utilizes, it has to be built up way more dense than we are used to in the 4G world, right? So there's a lot more infrastructure behind it. Can we just quickly talk about that short-term benefit? Yeah. So the short-term benefit is more access to data, right? Which means it, it is more access to information, which drives innovation, It drives connectivity. I'm going to use a very simple example. Currently today in the rural areas specifically where the data is not pervasive yet, it is timely and it's costly for guys to get simple things like a student that finished their graduate degree to send in a CV for an application for a job, right? It's a simple thing. We don't think about this. And it's criminal, 100%. Mm. It also allows the rural communities to build up rural economies because I can now all of a sudden, for instance, if you look at the introduction of UCO, the UCO payment devices, right? Yes. Traditionally, you only had the merchants from the banks and you had to buy that device and it was very expensive, et cetera. Now it is easy, it is cheap, and you can start a spaza shop or you can start a very small business in a rural community, very low input cost, right? And you can trade. So those are the immediate benefits. It will take time. And the other benefit, of course, it will reduce cost of data. That's the biggest bugbear. In my opinion, South Africa is known. We're the most expensive, from a cost perspective, data provider in Africa. So So we need to have a look at that. 
So we're on the ubiquity of the mobile phone, the access to data, but the price point is, as you say, critical. Is the regulator, you know, what, and this isn't really what today's call is about as much as to say, at what stage are the networks going to be held accountable to their costing? Well, look, I mean, there's already regulation in place. So, I mean, ICAS has made it very clear last year already that the three main operators in South Africa will be held to account. There has to be a relook at the cost models for sure. And that effectively will mean that the rural areas that's been lagging way behind the CBD or the central metro areas will start getting quality service at acceptable prices. Now, of course, at the end of the day, everyone must pay, right? There's no such thing as a free lunch. We all understand that. But at least I think with the Spectrum auction, it allows the main operators with the big chunks of Spectrum that they've now bought, it allows them to build networks that can service both these needs at an amicable cost ratio. And piggybacking off the existing structure and new infrastructure they're putting in place, that the 5G will revolutionize this opportunity for growth in specifically South Africa. Well, it will. I mean, just again, simple. If we just look at, you know, simple things that's kind of, you know, mushroomed over the past, I'd say probably four years in our territory, at least it's become pervasive. That's the Instagrammers, right? Yeah. Now, four years ago, we would never even think that that is a plausible way of either advertising or getting a product to market or, you know, today there are people making very good livings, becoming an influencer, for instance, right? And how did they which I mean, amounts to naught if they can't distribute that content to the proper channel. technology that allowed them to do this. You know, again, I'm going to use some names, but everyone will know this. Supercar Blondie, for instance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She would not have a platform mm. 10 years ago. It would be impossible. Mm. Right? And again, what does that do? It, it, you know, important topics can be mm. discussed. If you mm. look at Joe Rogan, for instance, I mean, you know, mm. old media is dead. Look at CNN Plus. It's a disaster. Yep. Right? And also their content is becoming different in its own way because it's shared virally because of the prolific amount of access to data. Therefore, their whole model changes, which incites the viewer. Yeah, and I think we should view 5G as it's a big equalizer. You can have a very small company with five Mm. employees going Mm. toe-to-toe with a multi-billion dollar company and probably be able to win, right? Sure. I'll give you another example. There's two entrepreneurs in the U.S. Now, obviously, the U.S. is slightly ahead of us from a bandwidth perspective, right? They started an online craft beer business. It's about seven years ago. Okay. Their turnover currently is in excess of $1.7 billion a year with a B. Pray tell. How does that work? Well, it's very easy. So what they've done is they brewed their own beer, okay? Mm -hmm. They outsourced when it started growing at scale. They went to a third party, used their infrastructure, right? Mm. All expense they effectively have is the rent of that environment to brew the beer at scale. They used the server, online details, and used Instagram to promote the product, right? They used third party courier services to courier right across America, right? So Mm. what cost of sale is there? And from a ruckus perspective, you talk about artificial intelligence and the use of technology and access to data. There are probably some very good examples in there. And I know you also wanted to talk about some of the more local examples, specifically in Kenya. Again, with the advent of high capacity bandwidth, you know, 5G, multi-gigabit connection speeds, artificial intelligence is, I think, at large, a misunderstood term. Everyone kind of thinks it's this big computer that's trying to rule the world, right? That's not the case. Artificial intelligence effectively is algorithms that gets written 
and it's got a specific purpose in mind. And that is to drive productivity, right, and efficiency within your business organization, regardless of in what sector you play. It means the more visibility I've got to processable data, the better and effective decisions I can make for my business, A, to pivot, to realign, to streamline, to address areas that I was not aware needs attention. So it gives us way more focused attention. So artificial intelligence is a huge play for us as Ruckus. It gives our customers insight to the performance of their network and their customers' networks. We've got an advantage that we can preempt potential failures because we understand the mean performance of that network, right? Of course. Uh, That's a simple example. Now, everybody is about productivity today, right? We need to be as streamlined and lean and profitable as possible. Artificial intelligence is one of these mechanisms that will drive us towards that. An enabler. An enabler, for sure. Another enabler would be IoT services. Now, a lot of people are not familiar with IoT, but I mean, currently there's over 17 billion IoT sensors operational in the world globally, and that's going to just exponentially grow. What do we do with IoT? There's a number of things we can do. It's from environmental monitoring. So in other words, air quality control, noise pollution control, traffic control. There's a myriad of IoT services. All of that. Beer tasting? <laughs> well, no. I think, I think you need to still do that in person. Um, <laughs> but the point is there's so many different technologies that are now being utilized that gives us way more insight to make critical decisions in real time with real data, right? And that's ultimately Mm. what we want. Mm. So that's critical. If we look at COVID, for instance, you know, if we got hit with COVID in the mid-90s, the world would be in global disaster. It would be a global disaster because we just simply did not have the means to have people work remotely effectively. We we wouldn't be having this Zoom conversation. Impossible, 100%. Sure. Tell me about the smart city in Kenya. Again, I think we in South Africa, we've got some lessons to learn. I think Mm -hmm. we always think we're the big brother in Africa and, you know, we're the best. And it's not necessarily always the case. If you look at the East African model, and especially with their regulations, the regulatory authority there is very, very proactive. They understand the needs and the demands in their market. They're a very strong growth market currently, and they embrace new technologies to help them achieve their goals of growth over a number of years, right? So in Kenya, they're building a massive, massive smart city just outside of Nairobi. And what they are doing is they are using the latest technological advances, AI, IoT, 5G, Wi-Fi 6, all of the latest technologies. And the reason for that is to build a 21st century world-class city where they are streamlined, they are productive, they can do things at a cost point that makes sense for business, So you're attracting business, foreign industry, and you're delivering quality services to your population as well, which is critical, right? And they've done very, very well. I mean, smart lighting. If you look at the cost, simple things. I'll give you a simple example. In a city, a metro-like COJ, this study was done with a city in Europe, very similar in size to the city of Johannesburg. And by simply having IoT devices on the lamp poles that effectively manage the lighting at night. So in other words, if there's no movement, it'll dim the light. If it picks up movement, it'll bring the light back on. Simple things like that. The actual cost savings that they had is 25% on the annual budget. 25%, right? It's just becoming more efficient than what we do. 
another example I remember hearing a while ago, and I, I can't remember which city it was, I think it was somewhere like Singapore, which was to say, if, if you're the only car sitting at an intersection and the lights are all red, turn it green. 100%. Let the economy move. Don't, don't, don't bottleneck it. You know, that's such a good example. If you look at the level of congestion on our roads and the highways, mm. that's something that's not going to go away. It's going to continue to grow over time. Yet we'll stop at the traffic light at 10 o'clock at night. Mm. There's not a car in sight. You know, by mm. law, you need to stop, right? Mm. Why can't we use sensors, IoT sensors, for instance, and AI mm. to mm. actively manage and understand what the traffic flow is if it means I have to keep the light green for a minute and 30 seconds longer because of the flow, so be it, right? Sure. At least you can dynamically manage. Well, the, the, the irony is that the pointsmen and the people that have taken upon themselves to control the traffic are actually making my journey to and from school, for instance, faster. Uh, well, 100%, right. <laughs> now, of course, if we could only could automate that. Well, that's the thing. And, you know, we need to concede that power generation remains a big challenge for us. I think we need to do something desperately in that arena because that effectively will drive growth in our economy sure. as well. Sure. And, and just look at some of the wording you use on your website and you share a lot of fascinating detail around spectrum and the use of technology and the advancements in 5G. And, and it was just fascinating. One of the very simple sentences that I read was that everybody gets more efficient and more productive as a result. That is and that's 100%. a simple statement. 100%. Yeah, very simple you know, statement. That is, that is true. I mean, if you think, you know, I think back to in the early days of Wi-Fi, even pre-Wi-Fi standard days, we were lucky to get 125 kilobits per second out of a radio mm. on the mm. same spectrum, right? We are now fast forward 20, 22 years mm. using the same spectrum, but we are capable in delivering in excess of five gigabits per second. Phenomenal. Right. And what's that going to mean for small business? Effectively for small business, there's a couple of things. You can take part in the global economy at very low cost entry points, right? Why? Because of the advent, for instance, cloud services. Your access technology is comparatively cheap versus the traditional old telco, big, bulky, you know, multi, multi hundreds and thousands of dollars of equipment, right? Mm-hmm. So that's over time being collapsed into a small digestible device that you can use, it's affordable, and you've got a myriad of different services and technologies that you can utilize and leverage your business needs with, which is awesome, right? Yeah, absolutely. We touched on you know, those point-of-sale devices. Those are now just going to become your mobile phone. Well, exactly. I mean, if you go to a normal weekend market, mm-hmm. most of those stall vendors mm-hmm. have got a Yoko device. Yeah. It's electronic. You don't have to carry cash, right? So there's sure. no worries about change and stuff like that. It just eases mm. business, right? Mm. Mm. I know that there's been quite a lot of the news lately and it's sort of on the same topic, but that around street vendors. And actually, there's an important role they play in society. And you'll go back to someone like Nairobi. Yeah, they're prolific. 100%. We, we, however, are curtailing that and trying to stamp that out. And, you know, they're being chased away. They're, their goods confiscated, et cetera. Actually, we should be trying to formalize that informal sector in the most efficient way possible and encourage some form of trade. Well, I agree with you. You have to do that. And technology can go a long way in supporting those street vendors. Again, they perform a function. It's the sale of goods, right? It's the movement of goods from manufacturing into the supply chain, into the end users, customers' hands. And if you look at the rural territories, the informal settlements, I think there is a massive, massive opportunity that government's missing because there's an economy 
waiting to be serviced properly, right? So there's huge upside for this, especially now with the technologies available. It is not cost prohibitive anymore. It can be done. And I think it's a case of, you know, getting the right people in a room, sitting down and building a proper business model and taking it to market. I honestly believe there's a huge, huge business in that territory for sure. Absolutely. Rian, it's been fascinating talking to you. I understand that from a Ruckus perspective, your focus is on converging networks, providing that software as a service and the platforms that enable IT and delivering that exceptional service because of your understanding and your knowledge of the environment and especially this release of the new spectrum. In what I understand to be a a simple way, and I used that word earlier because I like the simplicity that you bring to it and how practical Ruckus make it for the end user. Well, that's the whole idea. I mean, the old days we used to have a huge IT department that looked after the employees. Today in multinational businesses, you know, we're working with one of them, interestingly enough, they've scaled down on their IT departments. You know, there's probably a tenth of what they used to have. Why? It's because technology has become so intuitive. Plug and play is a kind Mm. of a a cliche, Mm. but that is literally the Mm. case. And Mm. you being able to understand your network, manage it, control it, via the cloud, remotely, without needing to have a rocket science degree, right? So we've dumbed it down, if I can call it that, for lack of a better word, into a technology set where you can literally plug and play, but you can get the best possible performance management and control out of that network. Mm. Scalable is very Mm. critical, right? So you can start off with a you know typical entry-level network, and you can grow that into one large corporate multi-thousand user environment, And you don't have to rip and replace the hardware every second year, right? Because it's software-driven, we can upgrade our switching platforms, for instance, starts off at one gig. We can, via software, upgrade that backbone connectivity all the way up to 40 and 100 gig without replacing the hardware, right? So, you know, that's the norm today. You need to have it simple. You need to have it effective and it needs to be relevant. The way we manage our networks as well, on the switching as well as on the Wi-Fi, that's all done on a single screen. So that you don't have to have Brilliant. two or three operating systems and trying to figure out, well, where is the problem effectively, right? Or send the man mm. in the van to go and mm. check because I'm not mm. sure where the problem is. We can so, now up to port level determine what's happening, why it's happening, and what the potential remedy for that problem is before the guy goes to site. Which I, makes I, it uh, much easier. It, it really does. I, I saw that on your website, and we encourage all of our listeners on today's Tech Central podcast to go and engage with Ruckus and understand a bit more about what they do, but also really importantly, engage with Spectrum, create those opportunities for people to use Spectrum, create opportunities for the organizations to embrace the prolific data that's about to arrive at our shores in a wave called 5G, and engage with Rian. So Rian, thank you very, very much for your input into today's conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Super, James. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And yeah, I mean, there's good things to come. You know, super, super excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, Rian Graham, the Director of Sub-Saharan Africa at Ruckus. I'm James Erasmus from Tech Central. Thank you for a wonderful morning. And we really hope that your beautiful South African autumn day stays as beautiful as it is. And enjoy the rest of the day.